I was successful in every way that you might want to look at success, but it was accidental. I wasn't striving to achieve any of those things. For me to feel safe in things, I had to do really well at them. So you get to hide in work and not be enjoying any of it. Are you ready to say yes to your wealthiest and most abundant life, overflowing bank accounts, and a deep sense of inner fulfillment? If you are, then you are definitely in the right place. Welcome to the Girl Unfiltered Podcast. Hello lovelies and welcome back to the Girl Unfiltered podcast. I hope that the sun is shining wherever you are. I'm looking out of the window right now and it's such a beautiful day in LA Um, and the birds are chirping. I just had to close the window so you can't hear them on the microphone. It feels like summer is definitely officially here, which does mean me needing to be close to a fan or AC or an ice to drink (laughs) if I spend too long outside because, uh, we're getting there in the pregnancy, but I'm so grateful for the sunshine because it definitely makes me feel happy waking up to that every single day. So I hope you're having a beautiful start to your summer as well. And I'm grateful to have you here right here, right now with us, whatever you're doing at this moment in time. um, And the fact that you've chosen to pop this podcast on, because I have a really powerful episode for you. I am joined by Wendy O'Byrne, who is also known as the Completion Coach. Um, She joined me from the UK for this conversation. And I really loved how matter of fact and concise she was about talking about specific concepts, concepts that I also work with my clients. And I really loved seeing her energy around that and how she works with her clients to help them break through. So here's a little bit about Wendy. She helps people understand why the patterns are showing up in their lives, how to shift emotionally and take action with changed beliefs. And she kind of is a mix of coaching, healing, mentorship, and she helps people break free from fawning, which actually is the first time that I've actually heard that concept of fawning. And she will explain what fawning is and how it shows up. And what's also really fascinating is she works with a lot of people who actually have success on the kind of outwards, they have external success, but they're feeling certain things about themselves, limiting beliefs and blocks and fears within themselves. And it's about being able to bring out that inward success uh, in order to support what they're doing in their lives. And I found that fascinating because I work with a lot of people on first changing their beliefs in order to create the success. And so it's really interesting to me that she works with people who have got a certain level of success but aren't feeling fulfilled on the inside. And she'll talk about that more um, on a deeper level and, and how we can then sustain success as a result of working on healing these aspects of ourselves. So it's a really juicy conversation. Let's just dive straight in. Enjoy this podcast episode. Super excited to be joined by Wendy O'Byrne, also known as the Completion Coach, all the way from the UK today. Good morning, Wendy. How are you feeling today? Hello. It's good afternoon from here, and it's yes. sunny. So I'm in a very good mood. The sun makes a big difference. It 
does. I know when the sun comes out in the UK, it just completely shifts everyone's energy. So yeah. enjoy laughing that up because summer is on its way now. <laughs> we can hope. We can hope. Yeah. So I'm so excited, like on a personal level, to get to know you better today, and also for our listeners because I find what you do super fascinating. But before we dive into the work that you do with your clients, I would love to know why you're so passionate about this specific type of work and your journey to getting there as well. Ooh, um, a lot of it was, and I talk about this in some way with the clients I work with, but a lot of it was accidental. Um, I suppose at age 32, I recognized that although outwardly very successful on paper in a lot of ways, I didn't feel completely connected to myself in any way. Um, there was a lot of feeling very unsettled. And as a basis of that, I spent two years trying to ignore lots of things that my body was trying to tell me. And at age 34, I then started in looking at my own self-development. And now at 44, um, so much has changed in those 10 years. And all of it, I started within a journaling sense in the industry, I suppose. I, I released a journal and mm. that went into coaching and as I went through coaching, I realized that the same patterns were showing up within a lot of my clients and understanding what we needed to work on first to emotionally regulate them before we went on to doing anything else became really important. Mm. And what were some of those signs for you during those stages where you were maybe ignoring your, yourself or your inner world? Feeling completely disassociated from so many things that I was experiencing and despite anything going well or having any success on any level just wasn't fulfilling in any way it didn't make a difference there was no way to feel it uh, and so on that basis there was just a lot of things at the time intuition wise we now know which were saying this is all wrong um, and there's so much you should be doing that you're not doing for yourself and I just didn't know myself at all and you were in a career that I think people would say was outwardly successful and that's what I find really fascinating about some of the work that you do is that you tend to work with people who do have that outward level of success but they aren't feeling certain things on the inside and I know in my industry like in what I teach and a lot of what I do it's almost the other way around we have to first feel this in order to create that success so I'm just really fascinated about what those trends are that you have seen with your clients and why that is showing up and maybe why that was showing up for you. Yeah, I mean, to a certain degree, I was a financial advisor. I was a director of my own company. I was mm-hmm. successful in every way that you might want to look at success. Financially, I was earning more to six figures. It was going really well. Um, but on the basis that it was accidental, I wasn't striving to achieve any of those things. It was happening to a degree by bypass because... For me to feel safe in things, I had to do really well at them and to do really well at them. And I had hyper independence, which is what a lot of my clients have. It's where I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it all myself. You can't ask for help in real life, let alone in your work life. But work life meets your emotional needs where you can't meet them in your real life, in your personal life, because you haven't got the communication. You haven't got the understanding of yourself as to why it's so difficult in your personal life. So you get to hide in work and hiding in work means that you can be really, really successful and not be enjoying any of it. Mm, Yeah. And I've seen that in my clients as well. And it, it leads to burnout massively because there is no end to the doing. 
because they're trying to achieve a feeling, let's say that they are finally enough, they're finally good enough, they're finally worthy through the doing. And that's never, there's never a goalpost where they get to say, this is it. And I guess to a degree, I was never seeking to be enough because I didn't know that I didn't feel not enough. Mm. I had no connection with any idea of any of that because I had coasted for, like I left school at 16 and had gone straight from GCSE level of search into work. None of this had crossed my mind. So Mm. at no point was I looking for success. I was looking for safety all of the Mm. time. And I always thought if I had the safety of a career or the safety of money or the safety of a house or the safety of any of those things, that at some point I might feel something. Yeah. So it was driven by the desire to, I suppose, succeed, but not for success as some people look for success. It was for the fact of this feels quite safe to be in and be exhausted in. And this is meeting my emotional needs. I just don't realize it. I had no idea yeah and so how did it feel for you I'm just really curious to shift so much into what you do now was that a scary leap to suddenly be somebody who like publishes a journaling book or who goes into the self-development world because I'm sure there's some listeners out there who are thinking about that or on that journey and are thinking a lot of thoughts and feelings and lack of safety around doing that Yeah, and I I wouldn't say I leapt into anything at all. I created the journal because I couldn't find one. I had so many tick lists of things I was trying to keep on the ball with with my mental health at the point then. So I made one and then I decided just to print it, which had so many problems and so many mistakes and so many learning curves. Sold it on Instagram from a zero profile. I never attached my name to it. I never attached or told anybody I was doing it. I just did it. Uh, And they sold really, really well, Mm -hmm. which led into coaching. Um, And I'd already studied quite a lot of coaching certificates at that point for my own curiosity. And then I started doing it, but I built a bridge. So it took me, it took me over two years to leave my directorship in the financial services full time for coaching Mm -hmm. um, to build the bridge for it to provide an income that could match what I was earning and take me the way that I wanted it to be. So, yeah, it was a really gradual process. And it often is. And I love that honesty because I think people from the outside, when they're looking at certain coaches' Instagrams or female entrepreneurs' Instagrams, they think, oh, they just leapt in and it worked straight away. And that's not the case. It wasn't the case for me either. It's a journey. And I do believe in absolutely bridging the gap from a money mindset perspective or else you're just placing so much pressure on yourself and on money. And that's not a healthy place to be in when you do want to serve and you do want to grow a business. Exactly. Coming from a place of desperation is never a good place to be in. So yeah, it was a total bridge because I didn't know I wanted to do it full time for a start. I didn't know what my entire service would be. Uh, So it took me two years of really finding out what sort of coach I was as well and what I was capable of and what I wanted to do in the beginning to then have something that I really wanted to push ahead with and knew I wanted to really do. Mm, Yeah. So let's talk about hyper-independence. I love the way that you describe that. What is hyper-independence? Let's get super clear on first what it is. <laughs> yeah. So hyper-independence can come, and a lot of really successful people and accidental leaders may have hyper-independence, which is where they are very insular into doing everything themselves. Other people might say they're difficult to read, might think they're secretive, might find all different sorts of things because they never ask for help or really share. 
if they do share something, it will feel like a massive overshare that they want to take back. They will love their diary being really busy with work commitments because it will give them really good reasons to cancel on personal appointments that they don't feel that they can maintain or keep. And there's there's so many ways with that hyper-independence where asking for help is not just difficult, it's unknown. It just isn't known how to do it. So they would do everything themselves, but also want to meet the needs and help everybody else at the same time. And again, the desire isn't necessarily from, I don't feel enough. It's this idea that they think they have to. They believe their role is almost to do that. So it becomes a very caregiver role. And for most people that I work with, it's a result of the fawn response. And the fawn response comes from specifically in the people I work with. Fawning comes from many different things, but having an emotionally unavailable mother and quite physically unavailable father in some way. So they never saw a mum process emotions um, or be able to be hyper emotional. And dad wasn't really present, whether that was really busy working, separation, death, or anything else. And within that, in childhood, the child learns to feel safe. They have to be non-problematic. They have to be quite good. They have to be able to read the room and see what people need and meet the need to feel like they're loved and feel like they belong. And feeling needed gets very confused with feeling loved. And they can't really tell the two. So when they don't feel needed, they can feel quite unloved. So it becomes a perception of even that independence. Then if I'm doing it, if I've got control over this, I can control how loved I am. Which is one of the reasons why I'm guessing they wouldn't want someone to see that they might need something themselves. Yeah. And again, that's because they just don't know. They don't know that they can because they've never operated from that way. No one's ever really asked them. And if there's been a problem, it's been how do you push on and get over it and crack on rather than what do you need and what's going on with you? It just was never explored with them. And how do you find that that shows up then in your clients' businesses or careers? How does that have an effect on their capabilities of growing when it comes to that? They'll be excellent at it. They'll be excellent at it. Business will never, ever be a problem for these people. Business is not something that they struggle with. They may secure too much of their identity with it and spend too much time with it. So unraveling that needs to happen. But the reality is it's a personal life and connection in real life that they will need more help with. And the business strategy that I cover with clients is always from an emotional level, never from a marketing strategy that's not who I am or what I do it's an emotional strategy on how to remain you and your business being something separate from you yeah and so with that how can you support somebody in starting to shift into a new way of operating with that when they've been living with that with such a long time what if that, this is resonating with some listener I can imagine somebody even getting a little goosebumpy right now going that is me you just described me what are some of the things what are some of the steps what awareness can they start bringing to that to begin that journey I mean, recognizing again, burnout isn't you need to take a couple of days off and take a nap. (laughs) Burnout occurs because you realize that you're very disassociated from yourself. You're very disassociated from a lot of things in your life. And you're exhausted from the fact that you are constantly pouring outwards. 
And it has to come into an emotional stability within yourself. So a lot of the work I do with clients initially is subconscious work to thread back emotionally where it starts from and to start to make peace with a lot of where this starts from in the threading so that we can come back in with a different feeling within the subconscious. Because I personally don't work on the basis that thoughts create feelings. Feelings create thoughts. And those thoughts then create our behavior and actions. So we work on the feelings first. And once we've been able to really emotionally thread back the feelings and work on that in the subconscious, because there'll be memories they don't particularly remember, a big part of this will be disassociation from memories as well, uh, is the basis that we can then unpick things that we need to. And that's just done through the style of questioning that I use in the way that I can take clients back through. On your own, it's a nice place to start with journaling is to seeing what do I think about my business and what do I think about me outside of my business and where have the two got blurred, especially in an environment at the moment where so many people, if they're solopreneurs um, or influencers or people that are effectively their business, there can become a massive blur as to who I am outside of this. Mm because you are not your business it is an extension of part of you or a passion or a desire but just recognizing that it isn't the entirety of you is the first step to moving away from burnout yeah absolutely and I think it's such a fine line in today's industry because it's it's hard like I'm going to put my hands and say sometimes it is hard because those lines get so easily blurred because of how we're being taught or what we're being told about what it takes to be able to create a brand or consistently show up and how much of yourself you have to share and I know even in my personal life right now with being pregnant like that has shifted so much you have to have your boundaries and protect the things that are important to you you don't have to be constantly on and sharing every part of you because of some of the internal effects that that might have just on your well-being it's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to know what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do and to live a full life that doesn't have to be part of your business it doesn't always have to be for show yeah (laughs) Uh, and it doesn't have to be presented the way that this shows up will be because most people are hyper visible who have success of some level, whether it is online or in a corporation or anything else, they're hyper visible because of their position. That hyper visibility has led to the feeling that everything has to be curated. Mm. That has to be on point on brand. Yeah. Uh, and it's really stepping away from the fact that we need the internal boundaries. It's very unusual for other people to be breaching our boundaries it's the fact that internally the boundaries are not in place to know when you're overstepping your own mark yeah and to hold back on what you will put yourself forward for share and just recognize that a lot of the ideas that we have that if we're not visible not super vulnerable I mean so many people start a post with I'm going to be vulnerable which immediately (laughs) senses that it's not vulnerable anymore it is curated because you have had an idea that this is going to say something about me and I want you to believe that. Mm -hmm. So we are always stepping into what part of me is this and what is my desire from this? What is it in reality that I believe they need to believe about me as a result of this? Yeah. Uh, Journaling is a mass, like one of the best tools you will ever use to unpick exactly where you're coming from and what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because once you put pen to paper, the truth eventually comes out.
Just a loving reminder that this week is the last week to sign up and enroll within the Aligned as Fuck Mastermind, which is a beautiful, powerful six-month container of money mindset healing, inner work, as well as creating the powerful foundations within your business strategy to really create a client attraction system and client attraction journey that allows you to up-level into your six and multi-six-figure business and create consistency. I believe both your mindset and the foundations that you have within your systems and strategies go totally hand in hand with creating that. So if you want to enroll and receive this special VIP bonus when you enroll in the month of June, then head to the link in the show notes below and you'll receive all of the beautiful juicy details about what is offered within the mastermind and what the VIP special mastermind day is, something that I've never hosted before and I'm really excited to offer you. And just a beautiful reminder that you are so supported within that mastermind. Not only do you have one-to-one sessions every single month with a master practitioner on healing your subconscious money beliefs, you also have a social media and visibility expert to support you in creating aligned content and showing up without any fear of being visible. You also have a master healer practitioner that consistently works with you every single month on removing any energy blocks that you have and getting really aligned within your internal systems, plus business Q&As and business modules that support you in growing and building your business in the most aligned way. It really is all in there and it's such an honor to be able to support the ladies within there in this intimate, beautiful container. So if you know that you're ready to go all in for the rest of the year, then definitely go check out that page, fill in the little application, which will secure your spot before the month of June ends for the VIP bonus. And then if it feels like the right fit, we'll jump on a call and chat about it all in a lot more detail. I think this is such a fascinating little part of this conversation to have. It's just so prevalent right now in my life. And I just think it's such an easy trap to fall into and that idea of having to constantly curate your life is exhausting. Like, I'm curious, how do you listen to what your boundaries are? And you've still built a very, very successful business and you're online and you're somewhat visible. What do you do for yourself to maintain that inner well-being and boundaries? It's interesting because people will always say, this is the background on my stories. It doesn't really show, I won't show you my home. I'm not going to show you my partner. I'm not going to show you my friends. I'm not going to show you where I went for dinner. I'm not going to take you on holiday with me. Um, There are so many things where I'm like, when I'm at work, I'm at work. And this background is my continuity for that. Like I'm coming here to work and to share. And that might be on a Saturday or Sunday because of the way that I work that may come in. But on the whole... Saturdays and Sundays I wouldn't dream of having to feel like I need to show up for other people online somebody asked me for something on Saturday from a post and I was like when I'm back at work on Monday I can look at that for you not giving advice or coaching in my dms being really clear that I don't know you you know I'm not going to try and sell you something but I don't know you so I can't cross that boundary of stepping into giving that advice to strangers But on the whole, I'm very much, am I selling a lifestyle? No. 
So one thing I don't need to include is a lifestyle. I'm, it's, I'm just not creating the idea that working with me will give you a lifestyle. Working with me will be the result of what you need it to be. Mm-hmm. So for me, those boundaries became really clear of just filtering everything through my two main values, mm-hmm. which are freedom and integrity. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like freedom? If it's a no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Does it feel in integrity with who I want to be? If it's a no, why am I trying to do it? Who am I trying to be? Mm, yeah. But my main one's freedom. If it doesn't feel like freedom, I'm not doing it. And mm-hmm. that has no doubt stunted my business to some degree because will I do a, a lot of marketing things that are done as standard? No, because it doesn't feel very freeing to me. So I will continue to do it my way. Uh, and in that basis, it, it has an impact in some areas of the business, but I'm really happy to absorb that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because those are your values and those are your boundaries. And it might be different for somebody else. For somebody else, freedom Massively. looks different. Yeah. Massively, yeah. And so my freedom and what freedom actually means to me could be really different to other people. So it's just me checking in. Why am I doing this if something feels a little bit off? And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I can really see where I'm, I'm tethering on to somebody else here or what they're saying is good or successful and just pulling myself back and being like no that that's not going to work for you yeah and and I think that really is key is understanding what those value pillars are I I asked the women in my mastermind this like to begin with that what are the core value pillars that you have because when you're staying true to that and you're motivated from that place you can really do no wrong and I think if you can keep that through line in your business you're not going to get as swept up with the, this person's doing this, so I have to do this, or this person shows up and shows everything about their relationship, so I have to do that. You know, if that's not true to you, for some people that might represent freedom. Oh, hugely. Yeah, that might be the most freeing thing they can be doing. Yeah. It's yeah. just that's, it's not a critique on other people. It's for just sure. Like, what is this on me? And, you know, freedom, a lot of things I work with is A, what are your values? Let's identify them. And then, how are you holding other people accountable to them, but not yourself? Mm. Most people only externalize values. Honesty is such a big one. And I'm like, how honest are you with people? Yeah. But, mm, but how much do you hold it against somebody if they're not completely transparent with you? Right. Yeah. So we often use values as an external metric for what we will accept or take from people, but not necessarily on how we'll filter ourselves. Mm. And it's really important that we internalize the values rather than thinking they sound good, but I'm going to have to bend them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love that. And I think whoever's listening, just to remind, like, you can still show up and share who you are, but you can at the same time have boundaries. Like, that's a dance I feel like I'm constantly navigating, especially at this like sacred time in my life. Like, I still feel I get to share my personality and who I am. But what people don't realize is maybe just how many boundaries I actually do have um, with what I won't be willing to share. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. People get all of me in the sense of my personality. The way that I come across and talk about things is always very much from me and the way that I do it. The thing that I won't do for me, for my freedom, is go, and this is what I need or I feel I need to show you because at one point, my desire to be perhaps seen in that way or thought of in that way was a driver. And when I noticed that, I was like, okay, it's really important you don't go there for your own freedom. Yeah. Because that could get messy for you. So it is really just getting into the nitty gritty of you 
um, and, and witnessing what that is. But there are a lot of people that say to me, you don't share, you know, as you say, your partner or anything else. And I'm just like, honestly, that's there's no part of that that needs to come in. I talk about things that I'm going through, but I don't need to then draw them in on it. Yeah. Yeah, I completely, completely respect that. And so I'd love to just shift slightly, but I think this might have something to do with it around the topic of sustaining success. Because it sounds like you do also work with people who have a certain level of success or they're growing to a certain level of success. Now it comes down to, can they sustain that success and and sustain a certain level of emotional well-being? How does that fear of sustaining success show up for your clients that you work with? For most of them with this wounding, which, as I say, comes into the form, we could say it's a fear of abandonment. That's what they've always been working with. So very trickily, they will try to get things to leave so that they can get that feeling back of, oh, it's over. I can relax a little bit now. I can take a drop in the figures. I can take a drop in the business. I can let this fall off a little bit. And when it falls off, it will drive them to come back. So they like the chase of getting something that's leaving or starting something over and over again. So they might claim they're multi-passionate when they're not. They're avoiding one thing, which isn't true for all multi-passionates, but some multi-passionates will be continuously trying to revise something new because they don't think they can hold the original thing and expand it. So it's really getting two grips with what their belief about things leaving is and what they get from something abandoning them or them abandoning it before they think they'll lose it. That is so fascinating. I've never heard anyone describe it like that. So let me just get really clear. So they may constantly be trying to create something new in their business. Maybe would they be changing niches or would it be a new project or a new way of packaging things? Well, how does that show up? It could be the fact that you'll see a bio change every other day. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I'm this, I'm this. And they can't quite articulate what because they're constantly changing because they think they might be missing something. Mm. Um, You might see people who are thriving in one area uh, and then changing it almost to be like, this is too good. I'm not going to be able to keep it at this level. So what will I do that's a lesser level? As I say, they like to see the numbers increase. And as things increase, they might do something to try to push it down. Mm. Uh, because at that point, they're just like, oh, it's leaving. So then I'll come back in to try to save it. Or I can abandon it because it's going down. It gives me permission to start this other thing and say that that didn't work. Mm. So it it shows it's really conniving. It shows up in different <laughs> ways. But you might find things that people are launching 17 things because the idea that one could be enough Mm. Um, or you may see that people are consistently rebranding 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 and change 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 and the idea of anything staying the same makes them feel quite uneasy so they have to keep changing it so that they can leave parts of it behind it's a shedding Mm. Um, some of it's healthy so it is a matter of us getting into it you know there's nuance to it but it is when you can see patterns in people's behavior especially in getting it and feeling like they're losing it and then pushing to get it again, stepping away entirely and then coming back full throttle and then having to step away entirely again. Quite often that can be showing us where they need it to go down in order for the drive to come back to want it. Mm. 
And is that, do you think there's a difference here now between the fear of success itself? So, because I work with clients who have a lot of, they're not scared of failure. They're actually scared of their success. Or is this to do with the sustaining of success? Mainly the sustaining because they know they can be successful. They know they can get it. There's no, there's no fear in them of what they can do. These people on the whole wouldn't have a problem with setting some really big goals and going after them and they'll get them. But then once they've got them, there will be an element of, okay, how, how do we get this to go down so I can make it almost exciting again? Yeah. How can I want it back? Because once it wants me, do I want it as much as I said I did? Mm, okay. Does that show up in relationships then as well? Everywhere. <laughs> so there'll be yeah. relationships, friendships, um, money, work. There, there will be that part of chase when something starts to put away, it becomes far more desirable and you want to get it back Yeah. Uh, rather than sustaining it. So there may be these big ebbs and flows which come because it thriving is less appealing. So just coming away from it as it's pulling away from you, it becomes more desirable and you begin to chase it again. Mm. Is there a belief there that it doesn't get to then be easy? It doesn't get to just feel good? It's more the fact that emotionally there is a, a dysregulation and they haven't admitted mm. where and what they really need in their personal life to mm. feel that they can thrive in both. So it's giving them an emotional chase that they're not getting in real life. Right. Okay. So it's peeling it back and coming back to the emotional needs. And so would you begin with journaling? What are some journaling prompts that maybe somebody could start unraveling here to really understand what that habit is? <laughs> Yeah, I think again, coming back to writing out, like, who do I think I am in my business? Yeah. What does it mean to me? What do I believe the business says about me? Depending on what they're in and whether they're the face of it, whether they're the CEO in something, whether they have a huge team or a small team, what their visibility is and what they believe about what that visibility is and how they have to curate. So for most people, getting really honest. Like my first session with clients is six hours in my house. They don't get off lightly. The first oh, wow. It's a big session. So we really unpick. Um, and each time I ask a question, I will ask a question below it. So even today for somebody that was looking at something and one of the beliefs she wanted to work on was I've got nothing left to offer. And when we went down the path of the belief, the belief underneath it, underneath it, underneath it, the belief was I'm bad. And that's what we had to work on because that was the emotional restraint rather than I've got nothing to offer. She had plenty to offer, but that was the one that sounded quite nice to put on the table. Mm, okay. Because she probably didn't know that, that the route that that was, that was living there because it was in her subconscious. Yeah. So as we took it into the questioning and each time we diverted the questioning, once she got there and it came in work it came in relationships it came in money and it was we dug down to the same core belief mm. wow so that's fascinating you do a six-hour session and that's in your home so do yeah. you have to work with people in person um on the basis of when they come in my alchemize experience which is a longer term program yes we will do the subconscious work first and find out what's really going on before we attempt to coach because otherwise I find the coaching doesn't stick but some people that aren't in the UK, we do it online, but we just break down the sessions a little mm -hmm. bit. Not six hours of sitting at your PC. Yeah. And obviously we talk a lot about money mindset here. So I can't uh, end this podcast without just curiously asking, were there some money mindset beliefs that you had to work on in the growth of your business and in that transition into 
from the corporate world into coach? Yeah, to a degree, albeit I was a director of the company, so it was a small okay, yeah. I went self-employed at 30, so this is my 14th year self-employed, but I had so many money stories. And for a financial advisor, there was so much shame within that because I was advising people on their wealth whilst hiding my debt. Mm. I, I did a couple of money mindset workshops when I was unraveling this for people and Abundantly You, which showed that I could have abundance in my business. I can make a business really abundant, but I had struggles paying myself from that business and being personally abundant. So I had to unravel what that was. And my personal lack of abundance gave me permission not to pursue some things I said I wanted to pursue. So I could see that staying in debt made me feel really safe because it meant that until the debt was gone, I couldn't do the things I said I was going to do in my personal life. Mm -hmm. So recognizing for me that I cleared my debt then within 12 months without my income changing because I realized what I was doing with it. Because you didn't need the safety in it anymore. Didn't need the safety in it, but I didn't know I was doing that. I had Mm -hmm. no idea. So once I unpicked the idea that that's what I was doing and what it was preventing me from, I looked at what that whole story was and the story I was making up about what I wanted to do when it was gone wasn't true either. Mm -hmm. Um, So the whole thing was just feeding each other, but neither were true. Mm, yeah and often people don't realize and I work with debt in my client with my clients as well is that there's actually there is a level of safety in in the debt or it's something that they haven't forgiven themselves for it's something that they're holding on to because energetically they actually don't feel safe letting it go because they might repeat the same patterns or it might mean forgiving the person that created the debt in the first place and that doesn't feel good and when they recognize that as you said it's just like oh now the debt starts getting cleared and shifted in a whole new way. Yeah, my debt was super protective. It gave me outs of things that I didn't really want to do without saying I don't really want to do that. I could blame the debt. There was shame in the debt because I couldn't let other people know it existed because of my career. Um, And it was stopping me from something I said to a lot of people I was going to do when the debt was cleared. But in reality, I didn't want to do that. So it was giving me, so I, it just was the unraveling of my truth, which was none of the things I was saying it was. Coming back to the subconscious work, the power of subconscious work and getting to that awareness is so powerful. Yeah. Understanding ourselves is, is priceless. Mm-hmm. It truly is. And so one last question, I'd love to know what you do on a daily or a weekly basis to continue and to sustain that level of well-being and to sustain that inner knowing because it seems like you're somebody who has some very beautiful boundaries within her life knows what feels good knows what doesn't feel good but that requires constantly checking in so how do you do that on a consistent basis I've made it as easy as possible as easy as possible so there are things that I check in the mirror every time I go to the loo for a wee there are things that <laughs> I'm checking with myself when I make eye contact in the mirror there are things I do when I take a shower intention set- setting I can journal in my head now because I'm like, I've been journaling for nearly t- uh, 12 years so in my head I can get that done really quickly even if I don't have paper mm-hmm. I always ask myself when I'm boiling the kettle every morning how are you what do you need how are you feeling mm-hmm. And other times it's for ritual, like if you could see that side of the office, but it's very ritualistic. So I I do have an altar. I do have other practices. I do have a monthly check-in. But on a day-to-day basis, I make sure that I could do it no matter where I was and no matter what, regardless. I don't need anything to do it. 
Mm-hmm. I love that because I think people, we feel like it has to be this big convoluted thing and take an, two hours every morning for us to feel grounded and spiritual. But actually, I love just the fact that you incorporate it in your daily routine. I love that question when you're boiling the kettle, because how many of us stand there boiling the kettle every single morning? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I won't be on my phone. That's non-negotiable for that yeah. half hour when I wake up. So when I boil the kettle, I'm just like, oh, how are you? Yeah. What's going on? Are you in the mood? Did you sleep well? Mm. And it's a quick check-in whilst it's boiling, a conversation with yourself. And then every time you go to the loo, which for me, if you drink as much tea as I do, <laughs> is a lot. So me every too. time I look in the mirror, it is very much make eye contact. And I will say things like, I love myself, I trust myself. And if I'm off energetically, I will know in that moment because I can't meet my eyes or there's an energy. So throughout the day, it's a constant adjustment of like, oh, you need to get outside you need 10 minute walk, you need to, you know, have a drink, you need food. It's always checking in on those basic needs, which are one of the most spiritual practices you can give yourself, you know, having a child. I was saying this to somebody in my group coaching, I'm like, at no point does a baby go, get me outside and give me nature. But I guarantee every mum goes, right, this baby's been in the house all day, I'm going to walk around the block, I'm going to get outside and give they probably wouldn't call it it, but you know, <laughs> take my baby out. I'm gonna, and that's just an inherent knowing that I do not want you trapped inside all day. I, I, you need to get fresh air. You need to get out, and it's doing that for yourself, you know. Because why should you be any different? Mm-hmm. Mothering yourself, yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. am I am I thirsty? Am I hungry? Do I need sleep? Do I need to get outside? Meet your basic needs, and you'll be surprised how quickly your mental health improves. Yeah, could not agree more. What a perfect way to end this conversation. Wendy, where can people get to know you or connect with you from listening to this podcast? Uh, Mainly on Instagram at The Completion Coach, and that leads to my website as well, but mainly those two spaces. Mm -hmm. Amazing. If something has really resonated with you while listening to this, just screenshot the episode that you're listening to and DM and tag both of us. We would love to know what really resonated and stood out to you because there are lots of golden nuggets within here. Thank you, Wendy, for taking a break from the sunshine in the UK to come come and talk to us. It might not be there at the end. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And I'm so grateful for you for joining us and sharing your wisdom. Thank you. If you loved today's episode, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button because women supporting women is my jam. And if you want extra daily doses of motivation, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at girl underscore unfiltered and go ahead and screenshot this episode. Send me a DM and share your biggest takeaway because I love hearing from you and I just really want to drop into your DMs basically. (laughs) So I'm sending you so much love and abundance and have an amazing day.